For many of us, when someone calls us mom, we fall in complete and total love. We become like teens again, infatuated, head over heels with this tiny person, or maybe not so tiny person. Either way, we become obsessed because our kids are awesome and they deserve a mama who's gonna love them unconditionally. It's no wonder, then, that we lose just about everything else. Our sole purpose in life is to raise happy, healthy, adjusted, perfect kids who know they're loved. Which means we, as their mothers, have to be perfect. Because one step out of line just might send our sweet kid to the therapist couch for their entire adulthood. Except, that's not true. Moms do not have to be perfect. We tell our kids all the time, practice makes perfect. We tell our students, learn the process and the product will come. Yet we don't apply that grace to ourselves as moms. I'm your host, Amy Lynn Reese, and my friends call me Amy, so please. I'm a writer and communication specialist with over 20 years of working with children and parents. Momisms came about because too many moms came to me and say the same thing. I'm a bad mom. But there's no perfect mom, my friend. We all make mistakes. There's just the practice of being a mother. Momisms with Amy Lynn Reese is a podcast about mothers and their practice, their stories, what brought them to this point, and how they're not perfect mothers. They're amazing mothers. Why? Because they are mothers in practice. So let's get started. For today's episode, we don't have a special guest. It's just me and you. So I wanted to start by sharing that when I was younger, I didn't want to be a mom at all. In fact, the very idea of motherhood scared me. Um, I am the oldest of eight kids. And the thought of being responsible for another life, just like it, it didn't sound fun to me. I feel I felt back then like I'd already raised my kids. Um, and so it was just like, nope, I'm done. I don't want to have kiddos. And then I met my husband, and he didn't necessarily want to have a really big family. His mom was one of 12, and his dad was one of two, and he had one brother. Um, And he was just like, he knew he wanted to have more than two, but he didn't want to have like five or eight. So we settled on four. And so for years, we said um, we would have four kids after being married for four years because we wanted to be able to enjoy ourselves and not have our entire relationship defined by parenthood. And while that works for some people, we're really glad that we took the time to spend with each other um, in that relationship before we went on to have kids. So we were married for about five, or we were married for about four years, and then we were together for just over five, um, right before we welcomed Riker into the world. The journey to get Riker, though, was really, really complicated. Um, to get all of my kids, frankly, was really complicated. So for most people, it's, you know, you try to have a baby, you try to conceive, maybe you don't try to conceive, um, and you, you become pregnant within, you know, 12 months or so, and you have a healthy, happy baby, and, like, you move on. And that's kind of, like, the standard fodder. Like, you go online and you Google, how do you get pregnant? Like, you know, be intimate with your partner, have a baby. That's kind of the the gist of it. And we, I mean, we weren't worried. Like we were thought we would be fine. My mom, I'm one of eight. Like my mom had a bunch of kids. My, my grandmother, we found out had, um, 
five pregnancies as well, four pregnancies as well, um, relatively easy. So we weren't worried about fertility at all. Um, so the first pregnancy took about three months to get there, which is normal. Like doctors weren't worried. Um, about 10 days after I found out though, I started to bleed and I remember going into the doctor and getting a blood draw and then they were like, oh, well, don't worry, like give it two days and we'll try again. And I was so happy when I saw that, those two positive lines, like I was like, yes, the world is exactly where it needs to be. I'm going to be a mom. We're going to do this. Like, let's let this journey start. And I remember like working a day that I wasn't supposed to be working. And this kid like rammed into my pelvis. And this was before I understood like baby isn't like up in your belly, like baby's down low. Um, and so I thought for sure that that had something to do with it because I started bleeding the same day that I worked that extra shift and it was just like, there was a lot of emotions that went with it. I did lose the baby. The I remember the nurse telling me that the products of conception will release over da 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 And I was just like, oh my gosh, I hate you. So I went and found a different doctor. Um, somebody from church recommended this physician who was my lifesaver over the next, um, it's been almost 10 years since that loss. So it's been nine, you know, eight and a half year, or nine and a half years or so. Um So, I mean, that was a good thing that came from it. But then we had continuing rolling miscarriages. We had a chemical pregnancy in July of 2024. We had a late first trimester um, miscarriage in April of 2015. And I kind of gave up hope. Um, My husband and I did a trek with our church. So basically, we just um, walk like we're pioneers for gosh, like 30 plus miles with a bunch of youth. And like, it's a good experience. Like we did it and we came back and we looked at each other and we said, do we want to have, do we want to keep trying or do we want to stop after being with the youth? And as much as we still wanted to be parents, we realized like, nah, maybe it wasn't for us right then. Like maybe that just wasn't in the plan. And we looked at kind of the calendar and I was set to be done with my um, master or sorry, my bachelor's the following spring. So we were like, okay, well, let's just get through. (laughs) Let's just get through the bachelor's program. Let's just get through this last year of school, take a year off, try again to have a baby in, and then do my master's after the baby comes. Um, I laugh because I was like, my ovulation was we had it perfectly figured out, right? Like there was no deviation in our ovulation or my cycle. So we said, okay, we're going to hit this day. <clears throat> we're going to like not be intimate from this day and this day because family planning is supposed to be 100% effective, supposedly. That's wrong. Don't believe that. <laughs> Don't believe that when you hear it because um, we we did end up pregnant. I started to spot actually like really early in my cycle. Um, we thought maybe it was some leftover like nonsense from – the miscarriage, because miscarriage hadn't been too long ago. And so we were like, well, we'll go in and we'll go get checked. So I called my nurse and like, I hated her for a while because she always gave me bad news. Um, But after the third loss, I called her and I was just in tears. I was like, this is what's happening. I don't understand. She's like, we'll start with a pregnancy test. And then if you're pregnant, we'll know. And if you're not pregnant, 
we'll get you in here and we'll get an ultrasound. And so I didn't even tell Matt. Like, I was just like, my husband, I was like, I'm just going to go get a pregnancy test. I'll do it in the morning before I go to the gym. So I came home. I did the pregnancy test. I let my dogs out. Like, I had my, like, I did my morning routine. I got ready for the gym. I had my glass of water. Like, I did the whole thing. And then I looked at the test and the blue. So I got the blue cheap dye because it's like, these things always let me down anyways. I don't want to, like, spend a lot of money on them. Um, the blue line for the test was so dark that it took the ink out of the control line. And I was like, that's never happened before. And so I told Matt and he was just like, oh, here we go again. Cause he was kind of like resolved to the same thing. Like, we're just going to keep having unexpected pregnancies. And he's like, so if we lose this one, do you want to get on birth control? So we don't have to do this for the next year while you're finishing your degree. And I was like, the fact that we're already planning on losing it, like there's something wrong. And sure enough, guys, I got to work and I was spotting again. And I was just like, yep, here we go. Um, and I remember my mom saying, and it kind of stung. She was just like, why does your body do that? And I was like, I don't know. I'd love to know why my body did that. Um, anyway, so we went in the next day, got a blood test from the doctor. You know, two days later, got a blood test and she called and I was like, okay, I'm ready to hear that I'm not pregnant. And she said, congratulations, you're pregnant. What? Congratulations, you are going to have a baby. Um, and obviously, like, she was like, we need to be cautiously optimistic, but your numbers are rising beautifully. Like, you can come in for an ultrasound pretty much whenever you want. And I pushed that ultrasound off for ages. I think I got to, I was six weeks. Well, okay, I think I was five and a half weeks when we found out because my period was supposed to be 35 days and it was only 26 that cycle based on when um, we guess I ovulated. And it was just like this really roundabout thing, right? Like I put it off as long as I could. And finally she's like, we don't know how far along you are. You need to come in and get a pregnancy test. And so I went in, the spotting was just, um, turns out that where my baby implanted was just super close to my cervix, which irritated all of the nerves. And so I had a little bit of spotting like throughout my entire pregnancy and it wasn't a big deal. Like everything was fine. He got here and my world changed. Like I stepped into the motherhood world, like role in such a way that my mom was just like she was like I did not expect that from you I expected you to need more help but you're she's like you were you know three days postpartum and you're walking around the grocery store filling up your cart so you can move into a new house oh yeah that's a whole other story we need to get into at some point my husband thought it would be a good idea to move our entire family of three plus the two dogs into a whole new place while I had a baby so like while I'm like waiting to have this kid, he is in and out like running errands, moving boxes, running furniture so that we didn't have to go home to um, the place we were, we were staying at. He, I was, yeah. Anyway, he was just nuts. Like it was just nuts. But I think that I think motherhood and getting there, everyone's journey is different, right? Like we can say like, oh yeah, it's a standard 12 months. Like you, it takes a few months to get pregnant and then it takes nine months to have the baby. And like, I think I read a statistic that was like 60% of couples will have a baby within, will get pregnant within six months. And then something like 80% of couples will get pregnant within 12. And then like 90% of couples will get pregnant within two years. But if you don't get pregnant within 12 months, it's considered um, infertility. 
And so it just gets really sticky, right? But because this is our first episode, I don't want to like bring everyone down with sad stories. Um, this really was a happy story. This was a happy thing for us. And I actually learned a lot about myself and about grace, even just with these losses. Um, it was just like, this is life and it's happening. And you can either let life happen to you or you can decide how your life is going to go. Um, I did end up graduating with my bachelor's that spring. It's funny, uh, Riker ended up coming to class with me most of the time. Like I had three classes on campus and the rest were online. Um, and he was always, always coming with me. Like he, we used to joke that he was the Eng the smartest um, baby in Alaska back then. So. so with that said, I have been a mother for eight whole years because I do count finding out when you're pregnant as you being a mom. Like you may not have a person calling you mom, but you have the responsibilities of motherhood. Um, as soon as you conceive and the baby was viable. It was actually about almost eight years to the day. Today is July 5th, uh, so it's kind of a big deal. But anyway, I, I think in those eight years, my I've seen a lot of change in me and what I expect from kids and what I expect from myself. Um, and I think the biggest change for me is just allowing grace for everybody. Like, I think grace is my favorite word. I went into an interview once. And they said, give us three, three words. And I can't remember the other two, but I said grace as the third, because I feel like without grace, there is no room for growth. Um, I was a really mean older sister and I was super, super strict when I was working in daycare. Uh, like boundaries were life. You know, if you didn't have boundaries to protect yourself and to protect the kids so that everyone knew what the expectations were. Um, you were, you were going to struggle. It didn't matter. <laughs> you were going to have a hard time. But now with my children and honestly, all kids, I'm really thoughtful of their perspective. You know, if somebody, if Eric, my four-year-old goes and has a meltdown because his birthday isn't today, which it's not today, it's in like three weeks. Um, I have to be really mindful of the fact that like, that's not coming from a place of malicious. Like he's not trying to be malicious to me or his father by driving us crazy with his screaming. He's just trying to communicate that he's unhappy with the fact that he has to wait. And it feels like waiting for 21 days is really hard. And let's be honest, 21 days can be a very long time, especially when you're pregnant. Just saying. So I'm trying to be thoughtful of their perspective. I'm trying to be thoughtful of where they're at of what they're going through in that moment and trying to be mindful that they're people too. They just don't have the same experience that we do to know like 21 days isn't that long or it's going to be okay if you don't have a cookie and you have an apple instead. Um, raise your hand if you're that parent who has kids who are just sugar fiends and you can't figure out how to break them. Just me? Okay, cool. <laughs> anyway, um, I think getting to this grace period has come from like doing this, doing what we're doing, connecting with other mothers and talking about what it means to be a mom. Um, every mom has a different motherhood practice, right? They have different ways of doing things. There's some moms who are super rigid, some moms who take more of a friend approach. And I think that, I think no matter who you are, there is something that I can learn from you and how you are with your kids. There's ways that I want to be. There's ways that I don't want to be. 
Um, and I have done it. I have cringed like at Costco when I see a mom like reaming their kids. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that mom. I do not want to be that mom. Solidarity, sister, because I feel that, that frustration. But I don't want to be the mom that finds herself so emotionally out of control that she can't handle a tough situation. And I want to be clear, I am not calling that mother who did find herself out of control a bad mom. She was having a bad day. Um, But it was a good reminder of like, I don't want to be that way. Because the hardest part of being a mom is like all of it, right? From the minute you wake up, from the minute you go to bed, you have to be mindful of how your kids are going to play into every aspect of your day. Like if you have a work meeting, you could very well be interrupted because your kid is throwing up at daycare or when you get up in the morning and whether you're a coffee person or a tea person or a water person, there's a very good chance you're not going to be able to enjoy that full cup before someone needs you. And being learning to be okay with that, learning that your personal expectations are frequently going to be thrashed is the hardest part of motherhood for me, hands down. Um, and I struggle with that. I struggle with this idea of like just being a mom and just being on call <laughs> all of the time for my kids. I, I feel like there's nothing better in the world than my kids. The, I've got, um, there's, there's Riker, Eric and Kinley ranging from ages seven to, um, almost two. And they're like the best things ever, right? Like I love my kids, but I also feel like I was made for other things in this world than just child rearing. And frankly, that's why I'm here. I'm here to be, I'm here to help me, but to also help you realize that there should never, being quote unquote just mom should never be in your um, vocabulary. So just to wrap up, I want to share a really quick story of my, of Riker when his little brother was born. So Riker was pretty nonverbal. Um, I was actually a Uh, uncomfortable with the reality that he may be autistic. Um, Turns out he just has really severe ADHD, but he, and it's not that I didn't want an autistic child, but I know that my boundaries as a mom would have made it very difficult to have an autistic child. I feel like women who have autistic children are like rock stars because I struggle with that uh, so much. Anyways, and I know that from working with autistic kids in daycare, but so I say that Riker comes in, he's nonverbal. I just had his baby brother um, and Eric is in the bouncer or the, the basket, the bassinet. Riker, Eric is in the bassinet. Everyone's kind of gathered around my family. My um, in-laws come in with Riker and Riker climbs up on the bed with me and I give him a hug and Matt brings me the baby because I actually had read that that was really important to not have the baby in arms when mom, when the new, when the older sibling comes in so it doesn't create this like dichotomy of hate. Um, which there might be, there may be something to that because Eric does not like his baby sister at all, but we'll talk about that later. So Riker comes in and looks at the baby that Matt has handed me and he goes, oh, it's cute. And I just, I fell in love with my son all over again and I would do just about anything for him. And in, in a lot of ways I miss, I miss my two-year-old Riker because he was just so like, he's still so wholesome and sweet. But it was just that like simplicity that came with two-year-old Riker because now he's older and he has more opinions. But I will always hold that like as a treasured memory of my son of just, oh, it's cute. 
you're going to hear a lot of stories from me. Um, this is just a really brief one that I just absolutely love that I wanted to share with you. And um, as we get more women on this show to talk about their experience with motherhood, we're going to always ask this one thing. We're going to ask, what piece of advice would you give to all moms out there? And my advice to you is just don't give up. As hard as it might be, there may be times when you have to go in the closet, close the door, and like Hoover a Ben and Jerry's, go do that. And then walk out there because you are a superhero. And superheroes, if you ask my son, they never, ever give up. Thank you so much for joining us. There is so much to say about motherhood and its various practices. I could talk for ages and still have so much more to share with all of you. If you'd like to learn more, check us out at momisms.life, yes, dot life, and join our newsletter list to never miss a thing. You'll get access to giveaways, events, special broadcasts, YouTube, all the things. In the meantime, until we meet again, just remember, it's all in good practice.